disappointed that several and several and several weeks prior to this, you did a semi-Australian accent because I, oh. would, <laughs> I would like you to say the following. Are you ready? I'm going to read it? Yeah. Okay. Junida Meffinman. Junida Meffinman. Do you get it? Wait, let me see it again. Junida Meffinman. Meffin. Junida Meffinman. But that's not Australian. Yeah. Junida no. Meffinman. It sounds like punch in the face. <laughs> no. See, you can't either. Junida. Junida. <laughs> Brian. Brian. Also, it was just the week before this. Also, just. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> they don't know. Junida. Junida. I have good news and I have bad news. Great. The, which one do you want first? Good. The good news is I have so many episodes. I have a whole new document in my Google Drive called Stories to Tell Ya, and it is lengthy. It is lengthy. I got the titles all writ, everything I want to tell you, and then I've got, like, three that are all, I'm going to use the word fleshed out, but know that it's just, like... Skin flint? It's skin, like, gently draped across a carcass. It's not, like, fully fleshed, but it's, like, So you're, you've abandoned Trello, is what you're telling me? Oh, no, no, no. I keep my notes in the Google Docs. Nits. Nits. And I just need to, like, uh, prompt myself of, like, oh, hey, you should edit this episode. Like, my notes of it. Uh, but the bad news is that I have come to the end of my old-timey crimes, And that is not to say that I will not revisit an old-timey crime. But Me. I had intended a series, and my series has come to a close. Which is my favorite, because I just be bopping in with busted ass. Bopal! Boom, <laughs> boom! And you're like, but! In 1775! <laughs> and I'm like, but! Mostly the 1800s. Mm. And I'll tell you, some of these crimes sound real familiar, and let me tell you about one. Jack the Stripper? Jack the Stripper. I'm going to go back there. I have to. But it's not old-timey. It's not that old-timey. It's more recent. I love that. This is older than Jack the Stripper, but not quite as old as Jack the Ripper. And also, do you remember the Benders? Uh-huh. <sighs> so they bend the shit. They're the, the, the robot in Futurama. Bender. Just bending everything. Yeah, he, that's why he's a mender. Or bender. N- no, well, these were the ones who had the bl- the brain-stained oh! tarp. The brain, um, nope. What's it, was it an artistic? <sighs> Rorschach? Decoupage. <laughs> no, like, it's like a, it's the not Jackson like a portrait, Pollock. but mm. it's like the canvas, but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Isn't mm-hmm. it called a thing? Like a smock. <laughs> no, that's what they wear. Yeah, what a tarp. A no, I'm saying it's the artwork. Yes, uh, the brain tapestry, 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 tapeworm. So it was a large. It was a a fleece, a beaver skin pelt in the background, riddled with brains. Was it really beaver no, skin? No, oh. yeah, I picture it was just like white. I imagine it was canvas. I'm be- like it's this. Yeah, but not wall but, and covered in brains. We well. could cover in brains. You. Smish. <laughs> Smish. They all come out the same old. Oh. So the Benders were murdering people in 1870. Keep it in your dome piece. Benders, 1870. 1870. They killed at least nine people. It was probably more than that. I, I think we clocked them at like 11. Doesn't matter. And that happened over a two-year period. Then they disappeared. And even though- Wait, hang on. Go ahead. 
just for the people. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to the first the benders it is episode 38 titled i can't see it <laughs> nothing that will make any sense hang on mm-hmm. now i have to go to spotify where's it because fucking anchor won't show me the thing put it up there do you know i'd muffin man Muffinman. Smish. Smish. Okay, so The Benders, the original, is episode 38, entitled Beetle Browed and Rawboned, mm. The Heartwarming Tale of the Benders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, at least it has benders in it, so you can find it. Yeah, we don't usually, but epi- episode 38. <laughs> yeah, you did an excellent Southern accent. <laughs> That's really, I'm good at Because I'm Amy Lynn, I'm supposed to be barefoot and pregnant. <sighs> Yeah, so episode 38, if you want to know the things, or if you want to listen to this first and then go back and listen to episode 38 and do it that way. Fair. You, you wouldn't miss much. Could be a rebel. Well, what? No, wouldn't. I mean, like, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be like when you watch episode two of a series and mm. you're like, what the fuck happened? You could do it reverse yes. order and still get the same point. Exactly. So, 1870s, Benders killed at least nine, probably more, two years, disappeared. Everyone thought they had them. We're getting tales out the wazoo of like, I caught him, I got him, I killed him. But like, no bodies, no evidence, no anything, no fucking No shit. body, no crime. Exactly. So, it's possible that this Kelly family was a group of unfortunate copycats, but... Poor unfortunate copycats. Get some fucking uniqueness. In pain. In need. They're not in pain or need. They're just murdering everyone. Those people are in pain and need. The murderees. Let me share with you one of my favorite old... I'm sad that the old-timing crimes are over. Let me share with you one of my favorite um, headlines from any gazette ever. It says, Foul wretches. An extraordinary family of murderers and thieves wiped out. Foul wretches. Nellie Kelly. Is one of them Nellie Kelly? Nellie Kelly. No. R.I.P. She just lived a normal life. Your name's Nellie Kelly. What about you is normal? She just wanted to have a boyfriend. (laughs) <laughs> don't we all she didn't murder anyone she went into prostitution it's all she had poor poor nelly nelly kelly this is Kel- kelly k-e-l-l-y jo- jolly jane topin's original last name was k-e-l-l-e-y oh, do you remember how in the beginning of the episode you said how do you pronounce it and i said topin and then the whole rest of the episode you said topin <laughs> yeah that's how i pronounce it i don't know Chopin. why i'm sorry it's okay it's your episode man <laughs> so the kelly family operates in kansas they're near a town called oak city and they consist of William, who's 55, Kate Kelly, his wife, Bill Kelly, who's his 20-year-old son, also called Billy, and Kit... Billy Kelly. Billy Kelly. And Kit Kelly, who's 18 and his is his daughter. Kit from the League of Their Own. Exactly. Also Kit from American Horse, right? According... And, and Kit from... Knight Rider. Oh, no. Kit was the car that was voiced oh, by Mr. Feeney, <laughs> if you didn't know. Um, according to William the Older's death tree, death tree Confession, the Kellys were, when the, mind you, he's being murdered at the time that he's telling me this, but this is the best information I have. Mm-hmm. They're originally from Pennsylvania. They moved to the mountains of Kansas in 1869, and they eventually settle in No Man's Land, the title of the literal land, which is about 25 miles from the border of Oklahoma. Then they start farming cattle. But they eventually open a tavern for their fellow herders and other passersby. 
They were illiterate, every single one of them, but they were seen as fairly normal Westerners and nobody really thought twice about them. <laughs> Over the course of a few months after these people like land in no man's land, people start disappearing along the road to and from that Kelly Tavern. So they, very much like the Benders, have a tavern. It's in the middle of a place people would want to go to and from. And all these people start disappearing. At some point, a Chicago salesman, which one source calls a drummer. Chicago. Yes. Which I thought was like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, what was he trying, like, for the Eagles? Drumming up business. Drumming up business. Genius. I know. So he goes missing. And people are like, hey, that guy was always around trying to sell us shit. Where's that drummer drumming up business? Yeah, he hasn't drummed any business. He has not texted me about Arbon. (laughs) We were watching something about... There's something Botox was involved in. Uh, that stupid bitch to try to sell us Arbonne. She was like, botanical Botox. And I'm like, it's it's botanical. You don't say, no one says botanicals. Botanical Botox. Botanical Botox. Yeah, exactly. The botanical. Go- I'm going to the botanical Nicole gardens. <laughs> botanical Botox. So the people who are following this group of individuals, several of them who has gone missing, are able to track them just about as far as the Kelly Tavern, and then they're like, just the same with the Benders, what the fuck? No suspicion of the Kelly they're family. Like, curiouser yeah. and curious. But also, do, are the people who pass by, like, if six people who pass by from Buffalo to California stop at the Kelly Tavern, that's weird. But if one person from Buffalo and one person from New York, one person from Florida, do you know what I mean? Like, are they all talking to one another? Is it is it really that weird? It's It is very difficult to conceptualize how this and for the benders how anybody ever knew anybody was missing and And they had any timely response to it exactly so there's no suspicion of the kelly family until suddenly without saying a word to anyone they cruise and they leave everyone and everything in their small town a traveler named st greg greg with two g's had smirsh (laughs) st smirsh exactly had passed by the tavern previously and he heard that there was a search party For both the the Chicago salesmen and also the Kellys who have gone missing. So he opens the door to the homestead to see, like, hey, maybe I can figure something out. And guess what happens? It smells. Always. It stinks. It was clear that the stike was coming from a hidden cellar. The what? The stink. The stike. Oh, It's a a me and Jill thing. I was was yawning as you said it. And I was like, I feel like she said that wrong, but I don't know for sure. (laughs) When she was little, she used to spell, like, anything. Like, if you wanted to say stinky, she would be like... S-T-I-K-E, like E was the E-Y part of it. And so she, but she also forgot the end. So stink, stinky became stike. Mm. Doesn't matter. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So there's an awful stike and it yep. became clear that it was coming from a, guess what? Hidden cellar underneath the house. Bodies this time, though, instead of just mottled hair against the wall. So okay. that's something. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they were lazier. Yeah. They were lazier. And also I don't get the impression that they had like been around as long as the vendors. But also like learn yeah be better at murder but they arguably are worse at murder uh-huh. so they found the bodies of three men already well decomposed in a trapdoor underneath the tavern floor Gregor- i love a trapdoor and like a secret passageway <laughs> but really like not when it's happen. full of decomposing bodies well. this guy contacts authorities and he tells search parties one of them led by a man named Texi, and they all quickly come to the house to be like okay what are we dealing with here what do you got going on there were four bodies inside that trapdoor one of them J.T. Taylor, who has no longer drummed up business. Mm. He is deceased. To prove that um, they learned something from the authorities who searched the Bender farm, these guys, the Kellys, dug around oh, the barn. Real quick. Go ahead. <clears throat> Benders were where Kellys are where? All Kansas. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
these guys are in no man's land, which at the time is modern day Kansas, but at the time is just like the territory above Oklahoma. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So the people who are searching this farm are like, hey, the Bender farm, we didn't find anything in the trapdoor. We did find tons of bodies around the field. So like we should check the fields. So they dig up and they found, guess what? Disturbed earth, soft depressions, if you will, Mm. near the stable. And they found a body with a broken skull who was apparently killed with an axe. Uh, four bodies in total are found in and around the stable, including a 50-ish-year-old woman. Um, more digging. They unearthed seven bodies. Two of them are women. And the majority were decomposed beyond recognition, but three of them, including the salesman that was found, had such unique, weird clothing that they were able to be identified. Mm. There was also an old rusty ask, ask <laughs> an old rusty axe with human flesh and hair on the blade nearby so it seems like that would probably be the murder weapon oh that just remembered me that remembered me go on of there's this video of this little girl and she again as just a little girl sounds like an italian mobster kind (laughs) of and oh what does she say monsters maybe or something she's she's talking in the camera and she's like I don't know, but she's like the monster. They're coming. They're they're coming. They're coming. TV. I'm coming here. They're, I'm gonna <laughs> kick their ass. Yeah. And she says, "Ask." And they're like, "Oh!" And then she's just like, "Oh!" I don't say that word, but it's very cute. I, I my dad loved it too. I showed him. I can't remember. But when you said "ask," sorry, it was an axe. It had human hair and scalp on it. Scalp. Oops. As it turns out, uh, what we learned later is that when a traveler would come by this tavern, they'd first figure out if that person was rich, and if they were, which is not something the vendors did, because remember, they made out yeah. with like $34. See? Uh-huh. Learning. So as it turns out, when a traveler came by the tavern, they would be like, hmm, are you rich or not? If they were, William, the elder, Bill, the son, and sometimes Kit would chat the person up while Kate, the mother, made some food. The victim's chair would always be positioned at the trap door. And then when some signal or other was given, the door would spring open. The victim would either die from falling to their death or would be later killed with an axe. But very it was so Sweeney Todd. Very Sweeney Todd. Also, doesn't require that somebody sneaks up behind you with the axe in their hand. Because that was the bender's mistake. And remember, they had a couple people escape and be like, they were fucking... First of all, there's brains everywhere on this tarp. Disgusting. But I was so hungry. And then somebody comes at me with an axe. Like, no. I'm out. Exactly. These people just couldn't be out. Exactly. Meat pies. Mm-hmm. David Bugger, So this is not the first, nor will it be the last time. I'm sure that the old-timey rumor mill comes up, but fast act and act. And so eventually news comes from Oklahoma. She's a fat Victorian woman mm. in Kansas. Fat, <sighs> fat Southern woman. If I could only be as I love my days, as I live and breathe. I do declare. <laughs> news comes from Oklahoma that the Kellys had gone through Oklahoma and were headed to New Mexico now. That they were driving several white horses. They'll be coming around the mountain when they come. When they come. <laughs> but the horses. They'll be driving six white horses when they come. They're when almost they dead. The horses are all on their last legs, and apparently the, the Kellys, I almost said vendors, don't have a lot of money. Legs. So they organize this posse, probably organized by taxi, of 20 men. Taxi. And they start tracking the family through Texas and toward New Mexico. The whole thing culminates in a two hour long chase, which I imagine being very like. You're on a horse, like, how fucking fast are you going? Do you know what I mean? Like, it was two hours long, but it was, like, the OJ case in my mind, but horseback. Like, brought literal no, Broncos. you don't have a drink. Oh, sorry. Water. Clink. Oh, indeed. Clink. Which is, like, two hours of horseback. Like, the horses are all dead. Their horses are dead. They've been traveling for They're hours. They're just slowly 
walking. Mm-hmm. Ow, tit. They're like, God damn, just get me out of here. They're just like dragging their hooves. <laughs> At some point, poor Kate Kelly's horse, well, Kate Kelly's poor horse, trips and she falls off and breaks her neck. <laughs> Hilariously, no one even slows down for this and she's left behind just like to die. And the vigilante. She didn't die immediately? No, she broke her neck and then was just like lying there like. She, I don't think it was, like, at a critical point. Oh, she was, was she just, paralyzed? Yeah. Oh, she dies. She dies of her injury. But she, it wasn't immediate. Yeah, and no one stops for her. So the vigilantes well, but go like, to what catch up with do? the kids. I mean, you can't put another woman on a busted-ass horse that already can't carry the person that's on it. You can't. So. And she's not rich. No. She looks poor. <laughs> so after um the village vigilantes, the vigilantes, the vigilantes are chasing... Um, another divergence from the Benders, they actually catch them. They know who they are, and they caught them, and there's bodies, and everything's fine. Wow. Mm-hmm. As soon as they were captured, uh, the two kids, Kit, the daughter, starts pleading for mercy. Her brother is a super nice guy and was like, screams out, you're just as guilty as I am, totally selling her out to the mob. Mm. The mob is like, okay, well, whatever. Here's two ropes, and they swing them from the tree and, like, prepare the kids for hanging. Just a few moments before being hanged, the kids apparently have this exchange, and it's, like, written down a number of places, so I feel like it's legit. Bill, let her go. I've had my fun. Kit, shall I tell them? Bill, no, fuck them. Let them find out for themselves. <laughs> and because of Bill's assholery all of the mur- and all of the murders that they committed, of course, the kids are quickly hanged and left for dead. So instead of being like, I admit to these crimes, I'm sorry, I was part, my father is up there, my mother, who they all must know, is already dead, like, she did everything. Nope, they both get killed. The mob starts, um, continues, I guess, after chasing William for three more hours. William's horse had been shot, R.I.P. Um, he was lame in the front Don't two legs. Don't hurt the horses! I know. I hope that they, like, missed him. I hope that they weren't shooting at the horse, you know what I mean? Because, like, if you're getting away on a van, I definitely would shoot out the tires. Yeah. And that makes me sad. Oh, I know. So legs the, aren't tires. No. And he's, of course, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. And he's so tired. He just needs a name. Uh, the just mob- let him walk five more feet. He's just gonna fall over anyways. Exactly. The mob does find William. They tell him to give up, and William's like, no! <laughs> I picture him just, like, hiding behind a tree. Never! <laughs> um, then they shoot at him twice, and he's like, just kidding, I'm here! And comes out with his hands up. The posse surrounds him, and they're like, okay, give him space. Let him confess his crimes. Let him talk. We'll see what he has to say. And William is like, here's my whole idiot family history. And what I told you in the beginning, we came from Pennsylvania, and we moved here. So then he says that they were going toward Texas because there had been a rash of crimes. Yeah. It was you. Your crimes. <laughs> but here's what he said anyway. I moved to Kansas from the mountains, Pennsylvania in 1869 and lived at different points along the southern border until I decided to move to no man's land, settled 25 minutes from Beaver City in Oklahoma, and went into the cattle business. Soon after I opened a sort of tavern and several persons disappeared while passing along this trail, but as to their death, I have nothing to say. A good deal of talk of foul play was made. Then why bring it up at all? Thank you. A good deal of talk of foul play was made, and I determined to move on south to Texas. This is all I have to say. And the posse was like, mm, okay. So they hang William, just like for a little while. <laughs> and then they lower him back down to try to get a full confession. So after having been hanged for a minute, he was like, I hate this. I don't want to go back. And he tells them everything that happened. He tells them where all the money is. He tells them he killed nine men and two women. He implicates everyone in his family. And then the group of angry mobs, who are, like, clearly here to get revenge because they were missing, like, that drummer, they take all of William's belongings, including a gold watch he was wearing that belonged to J.T. Taylor, the drummer, and hang him for real. Then the vigilantes bop back down to town and be like, the Kellys are dead! Ding dong, Kellys are dead! So, I know what you're thinking, and this sounds very bendery. 
So, a reporter from Kansas City who had done investigation on both the Benders and the Kellys believed that the Kellys were actually the literal Benders. Mm. You don't think? Is this the end of your episode? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so long. Oh, I was like, we are 20 minutes it's in. It's so long. So it, it used to be a lot shorter, but it's so long now. Um, I think... If you want to argue that, the only option is that the mom and dad are the sister and brother uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. of the Oh, yeah, yeah, vendors. because the kids, um, Kit and Billy, are too young, I think, to be, like, it, they would have had to reverse age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like no. And I feel like the parents aren't young enough to be. And it, I didn't hear shit about Beetlebrot? No, well, exactly. Well, I don't think those or parents Robert. are anywhere. I think it would be the Bender kids. Who now have two kids. Yeah, that's what Even I though think. they tried it. to kill their children famously, so I don't know. So who? The Bender. Remember the Bender kids were not actually kids and they were like sleeping together? And then they would have a baby and then like bash the baby's brains in immediately after it was birthed? I don't recall that. Oh yeah, that's Did you episode. put that in the episode? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Was yep, it yep. a nine glasser? Maybe. Because I feel like I would have remembered that. Yeah, yeah I, I believe I said the word they birthed the thing and then killed it right away. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. I'm so sorry. There was also... I submit to you a $3,000 bounty on the Benderheads. So that's $85,000 today. If the Kellys were the Benders, I think... Then you're making that money. And this whole group of people would have been like, hey, I think this was them. And for the people who were involved in the crimes in the times to not have been like, this is definitely them. Exactly. So the argument against the Kellys being the Benders is that the kids, the Bender kids would have been too young to have been part of the Bender killings 16 years prior. Oh, sorry, the Kelly kids would have been too young to be part of those Bender crimes, and that the Bender kids were too young to be the Kelly parents Mm. who had taken part in these other crimes. It doesn't rule out that the Bender parents maybe just got some new-ass kids, like, adopted them or stole them Mm. and started killing again, lying about their ages. I didn't hear about Beetlebrod or Robin. Well, that that was the parents in the Bender family, so they would maybe be somewhere else. Oh, I thought you said the parents. The Kelly... The Bender kids would be the Kelly parents. And they just got kids. And they just, like, stole some kids. Mm. Like, stole them from an Instead orphanage or something. them. Bathed mm-hmm. in their blood. Well, exactly. So what I want to talk to you about is copycat crimes. Because this is, like, very similar. And as I was researching it, I'm like, there's nothing new about this. It's literally the same exact thing you, like... Except the Benders, it was a hammer. Here it's an axe. Like... Oh, they do have a trap door. They did learn. Everything, and a tra- they... A fucking trap door. Like... And... Are you rich? Yeah. If you look poor, exactly. you're you're leaving that tavern. Yes. A-OK. Exactly. And then there was no, like, they weren't drawing attention to themselves. Like, the, um... Oh. The Bender kid was like, oh, I I'm can a... I your fortune. Yeah, I'm a psychic, and I know all these things. And the Kellys were just sort of like, oh, we're illiterate, we don't know. So they weren't, like, trying to speak. And maybe if they stole those kids, it was all, like, an accent issue, and they didn't want to have different accents or whatever. Well, let me tell you. I'm just saying, I think it's very commonplace to have an accent that is of three very different areas. Such as. And everyone likes such as. British. And the Americans. And Brooklyn. What is it? Like. And the Iraq. (laughs) And the Iraq. And everyone likes such as. Literally, she just was like, all that bullshit. Her whole, the actual point is like, why can't people point the United States on a map and basically she said people some people just don't own a map uh-huh. so what are you going to point to <laughs> but also just be like education is is floundering you know and we're not focusing on well it's floundering because the Iraqs yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah that was really bad god how do you live that 
Sorry, go ahead. No trouble. Um, copycat crimes. So a copycat crime is a criminal act that is either modeled after or inspired by some previous crime. And that crime has to have been reported in some form of media or popular culture. So like in a book, in the movies, in the newspaper. Really though? Like what if you were a murderer and nobody reported on it, but I knew what you did and then I start doing it. I'm still a copycat. I didn't have to get it from the media. I think you wouldn't be considered a copycat killer because as I will show you momentarily, copycat killers are usually horrendous. And they well, are. I would be good at murder for sure. But I would be able to tell you because you know me all of the things of my crimes. Like here's what I did. Here's how I got away with it. In the instance of copycat crimes, they're not usually um, in communicado with mm. the actual perpetrator. So they're doing everything stupid. Like it's everything but stupid. That's why they need Amy Lynn, the murder coach. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. Um, these crimes are not often an exact replica of what happened, but there will be, like, serious glimmers of similarity such that you can't, like, say that it wasn't inspired by that. There was a study in Psychology Today. Um, it was Professor Ray Surratt, and he interviewed 574 incarcerated persons, and of them, 22% said that they had commit some kind of copycat crime in their um, criminal history, and 20% of those copycat crimes were violent in nature. Men were more likely than women to be copycats, and most of them who confirmed that they had been copycat criminals were um, doing the copycatting very early in their careers, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like you, you don't see... know what to do, so you copy some yeah. bitches, and then you find your own mm-hmm. You get your footage. own footage. Yeah. They also already had a violent streak before they even committed their first crime, and so it suggested that media coverage related to crimes didn't like push them into a life of violence it wasn't like oh i saw this on the tv and now i'm suddenly a murderer it just gave them an idea to point their violence exactly it was like i've been committing violence already and i've been getting caught and caught and caught for like minor things you know and now i'm like oh here's how you do it like here's this guy didn't get get caught most copycat crimes occur within two years of the original crime, but that's not any by any means a rule. So um, Columbine, for example, mm. it's estimated that the Columbine shootings motivated at least 74 school shootings. Shootings. <sighs> Welcome <laughs> to Amy Lynn's mouth. School shootings or plots or attacks in more than 30 states over the time period from then until now. So that's well, yeah, absolutely. a long while. But that was like a tremendous... Yes. When it had a lot of coverage, though, you know what I mean? Like... So the other side of that coin is that it's very easy to misclassify something as a copycat crime. Sometimes the similarities are coincidental. There's only so many ways to commit a crime. You know? So sorry. Like, it's different when you're leaving, like, the same signature that they did. Yes. Or taking the same trophy or Vial of blood. In in this case, and the Bender-Kellys, I think maybe the opportunity of the, like, westward expansion and the, the Wild West's seclusion offered an opportunity like i don't think it's super weird that they were both tavern doing owners the same thing. like yeah, what it, else was there to what were you gonna it own? makes perfect sense that two separate families would think of doing the same well, thing i think a little bit the like floorboards thing is a little weird like just shoot them do you know what i mean like well i guess that's loud and uh-huh. maybe i but also like falling to your death in a, an underground tunnel is probably loud i don't know yeah okay. whatever come on be smarter <laughs> The only way to definitively say if something is a copycat crime is to ask the perpetrator after they've been detained if they tell mm-hmm. the damn truth. So from that Surratt study, <laughs> it seems like 20- Did he say the damn truth? I said the damn truth. Oh. Um, from that Surratt study, it seems like 20% of inmates said that the media was a valuable resource for learning exactly how to commit a crime. And a lot of inmates reported that they were drawn to crime-related stories 
and that increased exposure to crime-related media was related to them having high recidivism rates. But that's all correlation. Racism. It's not ca- causation, and it's also self-report. Correlation you know? does not equal causation. No. And when you're... If you're incarcerated, you might be more drawn to stories about other, you know, crimes and stuff. So there's been a lot of research on the topic of crime-related media. And um, Bandura famously suggested that, like, if you are exposed to a lot of violent crime um, video games or media in other forms, that it might influence you to act in a violent capacity. So... I don't know if it's despite or in spite of. I like Bandura for a number of things. I don't like his vision on the the idea that media, just like watching somebody be violent, is going to make me violent. And we've had a lot of research after, like, neo-Bandurians who are saying that, like, no amount of media hype, no matter how sensational, is going to make a well-adjusted person into a murderer. Well, I mean, the amount of true crime we watch, and we ain't never done shit. Exactly. Do we know how to do it? Absolutely. Oh, I feel like we could do it excellently. Absolutely. I am a murder coach. (laughs) However, I don't. Yes. And that's what's, like, current research is suggesting that that's probably the case. But when we see, like, oh, the people who have commit crimes and have been arrested for it, they're mostly people. They're mostly like, they have exposure to, like, playing violent video games, or they have watched violent Or TV maybe shows. they're already violent, and they gravitate towards violent yes, video games. Yes, I think games. that there's a... Chicken or egg, motherfuckers. Well, that's a correlation problem. So I think that there's a draw for some to crime, because it's interesting. It's the outskirts of, like, healthy, like, growth. And so you want to see, like, what would make somebody do that, and why... What is the motivation? So you, like, understand the far reaches of humanity... But for others, it's like, oh, I'm I want to do that same thing, so I'm watching it. Like people who have kept scrapbooks of like Ted Bundy and the Zodiac Killer, just to like follow and you know see mm-hmm. like what's going on there. So for those who are already crime proclived, proclived, proclaviated, proclaviated, proclaviate, proclaved, media coverage might allow a would-be criminal to create a psychological distance between him or herself and what he or she is about to do. So if I see something in the media and I take on the persona of some fictional character, it's easier to, like, well, that's on them. Well, I watched that happen in this video game. Like, I saw that happen and I thought that was, like, the thing to do. So it's easier to be like, it's not me, I was influenced by this other thing. It's most likely that you'll see that kind of copycat within two weeks following a high-profile murder. But we see the same thing with suicide. I was just going to say. It creates a uh, distance so that it's not like, I didn't spur this. I saw this. Something was already in my mind. And if this and person it made it did okay. it, yeah. Crime God. media. What is going on? It's so gross. I just, I don't know what it is, but it's like in the middle of my back. <laughs> and it is itchy, but then it doesn't really feel good when I scratch it, but then it keeps itching. Crime media can also be a very helpful teaching tool in that it shows an already crime-motivated person the where, with what, and hows to succeed. So, um, I don't know, I think I might have talked to you about this off the podcast, but I was listening to True Crime Obsessed podcast, and whichever crime it was that they were covering, the police dispatcher was being interviewed, and she was saying that she knew that the 911 call was a fake because they start taping before you get on the phone. So when I call 911... Which is brilliant. So smart. Before it even starts ringing, they're video... Like, video recording. They're tape recording you. So when they come on and they say, 911, what is your emergency? Then I start saying, oh, hi, I'm at blah, blah, blah address, and this is the problem. You know, somebody's passed out, you need 911 right away. 
Or my smoke alarm won't stop going off. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I help. Uh-huh. I came upon somebody. Exactly. But what they're really listening for is, like, if I'm trying to report a quote-unquote murder and I'm the murderer, if I wait and wait and wait and then you say 911 dispatch, what is your emergency? And I'm like, help, there's been a murderer! Oh, God! Ah! Surely I would have been frantic before they even came on the phone. Maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't be screaming like that, but I'd be but like, you, oh, my God, You'd oh hear God, the heavy breathing. Like, yeah, panicking, crying. Like, you'd hear something. And a lot of it is, like, you hear nothing, nothing, nothing. And then suddenly, <gasps> oh yeah, oh my god, I will help, I just came in, I walked in, and I saw this. And so that little nugget of information is helpful if you're going to commit a crime. Yeah. Sorry, everyone who's about to commit a crime, but that's Now helpful. you know to start right yeah, away. to like, even before you start dialing, get yourself in that mood, because that's coming at you. It might have been Pam Hupp that they were covering, actually. Where is she? <sighs> that she, bitch. Help, help, someone's broken. <laughs> And then she shoots him six more times. Like that that episode, that made me sick. Him twirling across the lawn, though, it was, like the way they presented him was so funny. So I want to tell you about one really bad copycat. Um, he tried to copy the goddamn Zodiac killer, and so we haven't Great. covered the Zodiac yet. So I'm hoping that folks who are drawn to our podcast have slash I know idea. you have like an idea about him, oh, obviously. So I will say. Very fucking risky to copy someone who is a number of killings under their belt and hasn't been caught. Because and if you're... create their own, like, <laughs> code yeah, like that people un- couldn't break? Yes. And you're like, I can do that. And, like, I would... Okay, so two things. One, if you're good enough to copy the murders and maybe the code... Create, though. But you're not good enough to not get caught... You're going to be blamed for all those other murders. Like, maybe you do two, and mm. then you get caught, and now you get six, you know, or 30 Well, maybe or they wanted to take credit. No, it, listen, he's just an idiot. Uh. Then two, that person had such a specific thing. I would keep, I, they, police can't crack that code. I would take those symbols, and I'd put them into another. Who knows what it says. Yeah, thank you. They don't know what the fuck it says. So you send a letter that they don't know what the fuck it says, and you don't know what the fuck it says. And that would be easier. So, you know, you do you, but okay. The guy we're talking about is named Ediberto Eddie Seda. Do you know him? Have you mm-hmm. heard of him? Thank goodness. Okay, I'm super excited to tell you about it. So, he, in high school, was apparently a pretty good student, but then he brings a pistol to school and he gets expelled. So, the school is like, listen. At what age do you know? A 16. Hmm. So, the school's like, okay, you can be expelled. <laughs> you can be expelled, sure. And do counseling and come back. Or you're goodbye like and he's like mm, i don't need it i'm fine murderpedia has referred to him as a ponytailed bible quoting oddball <laughs> which cracks me up as you might expect from somebody with that description what he, was it violently precocious yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're hanging out with mugs as you might expect he was unemployed and he lived with his mom and his half-sister his mom supported him uh, financially but he also stole coins from payphones and vending machines and when i originally read this i was like mm, what do you really like? I was picturing you like shove your stupid finger up yeah. into a little hole. No, this bitch. He would put like a bag inside. Like I first of all, how do you make the phone call? Do you know what I mean? But whatever. So he'd put the bag up inside that little like receptacle, and so that anytime somebody put a quarter in, like they'd make the phone call, and then he would pull the bag out at the end, and he'd have all the quarters because it wouldn't make it into whatever like receiving system. That's fucking genius. So props, I literally thought he was. I used to, to check those for those of you who are young and you don't know about well, payphones but i would still. always stick my finger vending machines are you nuts i'm gonna look for that quarter absolutely yeah but it's harder they're down lower <laughs> it just was so much easier to walk by and you just finger and it they real had, quick yeah, that's why i said put his little fingies in the coin slot 
and there was like a door, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you couldn't see. So you, you just had think, to, yep, yeah, feel around. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. Apparently, he was abusive mentally and physically to his half-sister, who's nicknamed Chachi. No! Joni loves Chachi. Chachi Reyes. You know who doesn't? Heriberto. Eddie. She she would often go to school with bruises, and that made social workers and teachers be like, hey, what the fuck's going on here? So they would check on her from time to time. Not time to time enough, just occasionally. Still got bruises? Okay. Around 1989, too many old-timey crimes. I was six. All of the abuse reportedly comes to an end, and Seda has locked himself in his room. He still hates his half-sister, but he's like, I can't be bothered with you. I don't want to deal with it. In November of that same year, police and media in New York City start receiving encrypted letters. And I'm going to use the word encryption real loosely, because... Mm-hmm. Was Zodiac? I guess I never really thought of the time Zodiac frame. was like the 60s and 70s. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the, he's they're getting this real, real bullshit encrypted letters. They're not using the Zodiac encryption like, like you would, like if you were going to mm-hmm. try to make it seem like it was... Copy and paste with your own hands. The author, spoiler alert, You literally Seda. could copy and paste the same fucking note again, even. Just like a line of it. And like... You're like, I'm not writing Transpose it and make it... Yeah. Jesus idiot. Christ. Let's be the Zodiac. Instead, he decided he was going to use international maritime flags. This is the second time we've seen this, so... The fuck? Who else was it? I don't remember. A war vet was easily able to decipher those co- like that's an alphabet that is easily available to a multitude of people what, the what fuck? did it say so they were able to decipher the dumb code and the note says this is the zodiac the first sign is dead the zodiac will kill the 12 signs in the belt when the zodiacal light is seen zodiacal mm-hmm. zodiacal zodiacal mm-hmm. i like it better the zodiac will spread fear I have seen a lot of police in Jamaica Ave and Eldon Lane, but you are no good and will not get the Zodiac. Orion is the one that can stop Zodiac and the Seven Sister. Huh. So. Heh. Heh. I so, says to one myself. <laughs> the note clearly seems to indicate that he's going to choose his victims based on their Zodiac signs, and that he's only going to act at times that work best for him based on which stars are visible in the night sky. So the Seven Sisters is the Pleiades, and that comes right before Taurus. The I only like reason the that word I know Pleiades. that those are there. So you, like, an astronomer or an astrologer would be able to look at this and, like, pick some things apart. So he also, if you know the Zodiac killings, it wasn't based on the signs of, the, like, it was, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, why name? he called himself Zodiac, we still don't know. That's exactly right. So it wasn't like, oh, he killed, like, okay, so. Today's Aries month. Yeah. So Zeta seems, uh, Zeta seems real fuzzy on the details of the actual Zodiac Again, how killer. hard is it to research? Thank you. Oh, he had notebooks upon notebooks. He had, like, the, the Bible of the Zodiac, whatever that guy's author's name was, but, like, <sighs> it's also, he's um, failing to recognize, really easy to read the night sky, and so everyone can figure out who would be targeted Because it's also real formulaic, right? If you're going to murder, you're either going to murder people on the Zodiac based on the time of year or their Zodiac sign. Like, it's going to be one of those two things. And either way, we can tell, we know, because those dates happen when those dates happen. There's no getting around that. But dear listener, I would like... (laughs) Bridgerton. Because our killer is a moron, I need to give you a quick refresher on the signs and order of the Zodiac. So it goes, Aries... And I'm just, I'm not even gonna give you dates, I'm just gonna give you months. Why, months. Why is Aries first? Well, it just starts because that's when his first killing, well. No, but it doesn't, isn't Aries the first sign of the Zodiac period? His whole thing is a mess. It's a circle, so there is no first or the oh, last. Okay. 
So Aries, March to April, Taurus, April to May, Gemini, May to June, Cancer, June to July, Leo, July to August, Virgo, August to September, Libra, September to October, Scorpio, October to November, Sagittarius, November to December, Capricorn, December to January, Aquarius, January to February, Pisces, February to March. This is easy to find. Mm -hmm. You can, there's paintings you can find. You can find necklaces, jewels, baubles galore. You can find, um, I'm sure, a variety of stickers, Mm. you know, to give you this information. Tattoos on people's bodies. You can find a multitude of ways to get this correct. He doesn't. He doesn't try any of them. And it's all a clusterfuck. <laughs> I've taken the liberty of color coding his show? murders. That whole ass ass show. So the killings or attempted killings don't start until March 8th of 1990. And at this time, Mario Orozca, who was a 49-year-old Scorpio, is shot in the back. He was walking across the street and Seda was on the other side of the road and like crosses the street to, street to approach him. Now, Orozco walks with a cane. And um, his assailant is wearing a brown ski mask and gloves. Seda presses the gun. So he goes up like next to him, like beside him and puts the gun into his back and fires it one time. Hmm. Then uh, Roscoe obviously was on the ground and Seda stands above him, aims the gun in his face. And then I don't know if something startles him or whatever. Maybe he startles his own goddamn self because he's scared of everything. Then he runs away. So the bullet remains in Roscoe's spine to this day, but he survives his assailant. So be better at murder. You know? And two, you attack somebody who's walking with a cane. And, but why Why do you not shoot him in the face? I don't understand. Some scared him. Probably the fact that he was about to kill somebody. Then, so now we have a March 8th killing, which is... I gotta find it. Pisces. Yeah. March 8th, kill, 8th killing is a Pisces, and you have the killing of a Scorpio. <laughs> okay? So, then March 29th, which gives me an Aries, he has tried to murder a Gemini. So, Jermaine uh, Montenegro. Where is he getting their birthday? Well, so they think that he probably knew them, but like loosely, like loosely enough that you would know their birth dates, but not like acquaintances. Yeah, exactly. So, Jermaine is shot in the left lower torso. He was walking home kind of drunk from a party in the Bronx, and he stumbles over near a subway station. And he can't really get a good look at his attacker, but the subway station is only six blocks away from those original Orozco shootings. And um, he was also shot in, like, the back area. So the bullet goes through his liver, famously regenerative, and he lives. (laughs) Second one, shot and lived. (laughs) So then, May 29th, (laughs) thank you, May 29th or 30th, I don't know, which would be a Gemini situation, um, he shoots a uh, Joe Proche, who is a 79-year-old Taurus. Joe Pesci. Exactly. And also a World War II vet, so, like, fuck you. Oh, it's... A fucking an 80-year-old man. Are you kidding me? Like, Was he a Holocaust survivor? Did he get hit? No, but he was injured in World War II. So, um, this guy liked to walk, and he felt the most peace at night, because there were fewer people. So he was, like, feeling comfortable and walking. Probably have PTSD. You don't like crowds. Yeah, mm. so he's walking the streets in Queens, and his family was like, don't go, Joe, please don't walk at night. It's not safe, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, it's fine. I know my neighborhood. So, um, Seda approaches him, and he either asks for a dollar or a glass of water. The, um, again, not that old tiny. Why is the... But also, like, you're just walking down the street, and you're like, sir, do you have a glass of water in your pocket? Well, I don't know if it was like, can you buy me a glass of water? Uh, or, you know what I mean? Or if you need a dollar from it. So, either way, Proche's like, no, I'm sorry, and starts to get, like, uncomfortable. He's like, please leave. So, he starts leaving, and then Seda shoots him in the lower back. Always lower back. So, he's always shooting his victims as they're walking away from him getting away from him and clearly can't aim slightly higher 
The bullet grazes Proche's kidney, and the impact sends him falling forward. Proche survives the initial attack, uh, but he does go on to die about a month later in the hospital. There was a note found near the scene of that attack that had some pie-shaped symbol um, picture with symbols for the first three victims with their birth zodiacs. So he knew he picked the wrong zodiacs? It's their birth zodiacs, and he seems to know that they're... He knows what they are. But he... So he announces what they were. And they're And wrong. then just did, didn't realize that it wasn't well, the same... I will say, I I don't know for sure, though his first letter implied to me that he was going to do them in order. They were a Zodiac killer. But so maybe he was just going to knock off one at a time and I'm being overly Mm. analytical about it. But like, he was not doing them in order. And then he got two of the same guy. We'll get there. Hold on. So the the victim, there's this symbol with message and whatever, and it says Zodiac dash time to die. So that happens on May, late May 1990. And then on June 6th of that same year, the Post, New York, New York, yeah, yeah. New York um, Post and the, C- and the CBS, the New York Post and CBS both get the same letter. It says, this is the Zodiac. The 12 sign will die when the belts in the heaven are seen. Wait, is this in the maritime code or just now he's using words? Um, This is just in words. The first sign is dead on March 8th, 1990, 154, oh, sorry, 145 a.m. White man with cane shoot in, shoot on the back in the street. That's Orozco. He's a Scorpio, and he's also not dead. The second sign is dead on March 29, 1990, 2.57 a.m. White man with black coat shoot in the side in front of the house. This is Montenestro. He's a Gemini, and he also lived. The third sign is dead on May 31, 1990, 2.04 a.m. White old man with can shoot in front of house. That's Proche. It means Kane. He's a Taurus, and he actually isn't dead at the time this letter arrives. He doesn't die until three weeks later. It ends with Faust. No more games, pigs. All shoot in Brooklyn with .380 RNL or 9mm. No grooves on bullet. RNL is round-nosed lead projectiles, and that was accurate for the weapon that was used, so he's admitting, like, to the crimes. Faust, deliver me, is a reference to some character in, like, Germanic literature who sold his soul to the devil. So, gotta throw that in there. And then pigs, apparently, Tornerslow, is supposed to be a Zodiac reference because he would call police pigs in his notes. But, like, did we well, crack everybody, those notes? But everybody calls cops pigs. Especially in the 60s. Like, whatever. The letters also come with three pie-shaped wedges um, marked with the signs for Gemini, Taurus, and Scorpio. So we did know that was their birth dates. It wasn't the times that they were killed, so he had some awareness. The other symbol is a cross and a circle, like the crosshairs that the Zodiac mm-hmm. used. So, okay. Detectives kind of see the Zodiac thing coming, and then they're like, okay, it's going to be a cancer killing but that assumes that that's not right a cancer killing would be right for the next month of the calendar the zodiacal calendar (laughs) but not for the birth like you have no if he's doing it by birth and he's doing it out of order you can't predict so and the ones he was doing taurus whatever or like the ones he actually did so here's the one they're not in any order no they don't follow each other so if you go by um the person's birthday in pink so he killed a scorpio and then he killed a Gemini, and then he killed a Taurus. And if you go by the attempted murder date, he killed a Pisces, and then he killed an Aries, and then he killed a Gemini. And he loves to kill a Gemini. So it doesn't seem... Mm. It seems the pink is more and accurate. just never Sagittarius Capricorn or Aquarius. Oh, yeah, he gets caught. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there, but... Spoiler alert! Yeah. So... So either way, there's no rhyme or reason you can't predict it. Yes, and I think that for the police <clears throat> to be like, oh, it's going to be a cancer, we should get ready June 20, 21st, is stupid. I know you only have three to go by, but... But, like, and then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. 
or be if on you're the cancer, street, stay I home. guess. He had, he'd been, so the one guy, and then six blocks away, and then in um, Queens. So, like, we're getting the outskirts of New York City. Nobody in Manhattan yet, you know what I mean? So, hmm. June 19th, or possibly the 21st, more conflicting, of 1990, Larry Parham, who is a cancer and homeless man, was making up his park bench to go to sleep in Central Park. He, the last thing he did before he went to sleep was to hide his wallet in his sneaker, which I think we've read or talked about previously, where um, unhoused peoples will take their personal items and put them somewhere that's, like, not where you would think, so that if they get attacked, it's not on their person, but it's also not easily, like, snatchable as they go to sleep. Um, So one reporter (laughs) noted that Parham was clean-cut and well-dressed, he was a young man with about $4,000 in the bank, which is not what you think of when you think of, like, somebody who doesn't have a home to go to. Mm. But apparently he had, like, some bad luck string, and he was, like, trying to save up more money to get an apartment to, like, get himself back on his feet. And he hated being homeless. So he would, like, scrounge for food and scraps, but he hated doing it in the daytime because he didn't want people he knew to see him scrounging for scraps. So he was awake very late into the night anyway. He was finally about to go to bed. So he goes to sleep on this bench, and Seda, who has been watching him the whole time, creeps over... Apparently, though, I don't know how you would corroborate this. He takes the wallet out of Parham's sneakers, sees that there's $49 in cash, and puts the wallet right back. And then he puts the gun to Parham's chest and shoots. The bullet and totally... And he, he's just sleeping this time? He was asleep the whole time, yeah. The bullet misses Parham's aorta, and it leaves his body through his right armpit. He survives, and he tells the police that some weirdo had been asking him for his astrological sign a few days before the shooting, but he didn't think anything of it because, like, you're just some weirdo. Police also discovered a single fingerprint on a note at the scene. The note had Parham's astrological sign, and it feels very funny to me. Like, you don't give the police enough credit to be able to, like, follow, like, obviously it's the same fucking guy. But also, you're not good at killing, clearly. And you're not good at astrology. Like, what is happening? What is this? Oh, I can't wait to show you this. Parham was also able to describe the assailant. So he said that the man was black. Now, he was a person of color, but Mm. he was not, like, a black man. Um, Parham says that he was around 30 years old and about 5 foot 10 to 6 feet and about 185 pounds. The police sketch was named was named Evil Ale Roker. Oh my god. And it doesn't look anything like Heriberto, but it does look like Evil Ale Roker. Oh my <laughs> fucking god. Are you dead? It's my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> Why is this dome so big? It's a very tall head. I don't know. But remember when Ale Roker was fat? It does look like him. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Again, like, not a visual medium. Uh-uh. Sorry about your life. Well, we can post it in the notes or whatever. It's yes. so funny. I, I found it yesterday. I was like, die. So then June 22nd, the shooter sends another letter to the post. And that one, of course, has to be marked with the number 666 because Satan. And it says... even Again in writing. Mm-hmm. So he's just abandoned code it, at this it point. It seems, yes. This is the Zodiac. I have seen the post, and you say the note sent to the post not similar to any of the San Francisco Zodiac letters. You are wrong. The handwriting looked different. It is one of the same Zodiac, one Zodiac. I think you're trying to say one in the same. Mm. Like it's, you know. In San Francisco, killed a man in the park with a gun, and killed a woman with a knife, and killed a man in the taxi cab with a gun, which are things that happened in the Zodiac killing. That anybody could know ever. Well, exactly. And then... The killings just sort of stop. So the police get that last note. They have put together a task force. They are looking into, like, Alistair Crowley. Like, is it... Crowley has a 
in one of his, like, Book of the Law or something, there's a note Mr. that's like... Mr. Crowley. Exactly. <laughs> I only know that because of Guitar Hero. <laughs> the Crowley talks about, like, nature's way being, being to weed out the weak, but, like, so does Darwin, you know? Like, it's not that unique. Okay. Um, they can't find anything. And then this Zodiac task force just sort of breaks up. Like, in October 1990, no one else has been killed. They're like, okay, whatever. Over it. Yeah. Two years later, August 10th, 1992, Patricia Fonte, finally a woman. Oh, equal rights. Um, she's a 39-year-old Leo. So it's August, Leo time, and she's a Leo. Weird. Oh. Mm-hmm. She starts flirting with Seda. She, oh. uh-huh. It's like... Evil L. Mid- she's talking to Evil L. It doesn't look anything like him. Like, he's kind of cute in, mm. like, a murderous way, but... In a murderous way. So flirtatiously, she's like, yeah, let's go to the reservoir. And you're like, kiss or whatever. What's your sign? Yeah, exactly. At 1.30... They're in this reservoir. They're, like, making out. I don't know what changes in him, but people are suspecting, like, it's been two years since his last killing. The police were sort of getting close to catching him, they thought. And they were also feeling like he probably, as he was getting out of the news, was like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to get back in the news. Mm. So he shoots her with a twenty two caliber zip gun. He's got a bunch of these zip guns. We'll talk about those in a minute. But she doesn't die because he can't shoot people. He doesn't know how to shoot people. Talk to Mary Bell. <laughs> she doesn't know how to shoot. She tries to struggle with him, and during the struggle, he stabs her over a hundred times. I feel like it was a hundred times where, like, 98 of them were probably, like, superficial, like, <laughs> wounds. But she does die on the scene. He gets, like, a couple, probably good gashes this to the neck or something. This is his first actual murder? Um, well, this is his first, I'm there to witness your murder, because he does have that other Poche guy who died, or Poche, who died a month after he was shot. But oh. he was 79 and he died of complications. So this is his first, like, I actually in the moment you. murder, yeah. yeah. So then in June of 1993, Jim Weber, who is a 40-year-old Libra, so now you've got June and a Libra, not the same. Um, he was an unemployed construction worker and he comes across Seda, who was outside in kind of the same area that he met, um, what's her head, um, Fonte. And he sees her. Sorry, he sees him and Seda. I don't know, panics. I don't know what's happening. I feel like this construction worker probably turned around and he shot him anyway in the asshole. <laughs> in the asshole? Like in the butt, in the butt cheek. And he survived because obviously your butt is not. Oh my god. <laughs> but I just, like, just aim slightly higher. How tall is he? 4'9? For, for your note to be. <laughs> for your note to be the crosshairs and you to be so bad. I can't. The whole thing is hilarious. Shoots like, in the butt. Yeah. This one, I mean, are you like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust, bust a cap, cap in your butt cheek, <laughs> in your butt cheek. So a month later, July twentieth, um, John Diacone, 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 uh, he's a forty-year-old Virgo, anyway, also a homeless man, virgin, also a mental patient. Mm-hmm. He was shot at the head, in the head, at close range, and he died on site. Well, I hope you would have hit the head at close range. <sighs> but like, congratulations, you killed a, a homeless mental agent. Mental agent. Mental patient. Mental agent! He was a We're mental cover worker. October 2nd, 1993, Diane Ballard, a Taurus, not October, was shot in the neck. The bullet mi- <laughs> It's not funny, but it's funny. The bullet missed all of her vital arteries, but it lodged against her spine. She did survive, but she is partially paralyzed today. So then there's a quick interlude from the killer. There's so many arteries in the neck. So there's a quick interlude from the killings, and I would like to remind you that the media has so far received two letters, but it wasn't until a letter was sent to the Post in August of 1994 that they had any idea that the 1990 killings were related to these later ones. 
they believed that the 90 killings were like a set of rampage attacks and like unrelated to anything. Then when they get more information about this like Zodiac bullshit, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. So all of this happens in June 18th, 1996, when Gladys Chachi Reyes, his actual sister, was hanging out with her boyfriend. Now, Seda hates, like, anything, probably because he's a virgin. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it, incel? Like, he hates that she's dating people. He hates that the people she's choosing to date are, like, into drugs. And, like, whatever. You do you, but, like, let your sister do her. Do you know what I mean? Like, the fuck? still used to beat her. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't like this. Her boyfriend comes over to the house and he's like, oh, you got to get the fuck out of here. Gladys is like, you can suck a dick. And the boyfriend goes to hide in the bedroom. So maybe she didn't pick the best of the best there. But the boyfriend's hiding in the bedroom and Chachi's like, whatever, I'm leaving. And she goes out the front door. (laughs) She doesn't get away unscathed, though, because Seda shoots her. Doesn't die. Shot her in the asshole. Don't shit where you eat. Shot me in the buttocks. (laughs) (laughs) She, um, not surprisingly, is able to fully make it over to the neighbor's house, and she calls the police from there, with the boyfriend, like, in the bathroom or something. I don't know, that's funny to me. Like a pussy? Exactly. Why Why like, wouldn't sorry, you just leave, though? Would just, like, punch him in the head, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard, and he would, even if he shoots you in the head, you're probably not gonna die. But, like, walk, just walk out of the house. Yeah. She knew I, what to do. <laughs> oh, I guess she got shot in the butt. But, but still. <laughs> and then he just doesn't go after the boyfriend? No. So she goes to the neighbor's house. She calls the police. The whole thing ends with Seda giving up his guns and getting arrested. I will get there in a moment because it's very funny. But when he's asked to write a statement about the incident with his sister, he signs it with the fucking cryptic symbol that matches all the symbols in all the notes previously <laughs> given to police be better at murder. What? I can't. Like, you're so desperate to be such a good copycat that you're like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna sign it as this stupid thing. Like, you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. What? He also puts a cross, like a, a regular cross, like, and 777 at the top because that's, like, a Crowley reference. It's like, it has nothing to do with the Zodiac as far as I know. So, Don't draw on your statements. And that was in all of the letters to everybody else. And, and he also licked the stamp and the envelope that he sent to police with his weird cryptic bullshit. So the detective who had also worked in that Zodiac task force in 1990 that was disbanded was like, oh, I recognize you right away. You're part of the Fodiac. Your L Angry Roker. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Angry L Roker, I know you. Also, after all of this, like, happenings at their house, neighbors are like, oh, yeah, Heriberto hated drug dealers, and he would tip off police, like, constantly. Always thought people were doing drugs, and, like, always was, like, trying to rat people out who weren't even doing drugs. Stitches also, get snitches. Snitches get stitches. Snitches, like, just get what's coming to them because they don't know how to shoot right. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, neighbors reported that he stood in the middle in the middle of the street and started shouting over and over, I'm going to start killing! <laughs> I'm going to start killing because I'm not getting no sex! No! What am I supposed to do? Leave my house and be like, I'll take care of Here's this, Here's my pussy. Like, God forbid, save the human race. Thank you. What? I, that's real. That's a real thing. That's what And he said because are, he's not getting any sex. not getting no sex. Which reminds me of the Jews are the men who will oh, not be blamed, blamed for, for nothing. nothing. So... In all of these shootings, maybe this is why he was such a bad shot, but he was using firearms that he, like, devised. He thought that if he had a rifle that didn't make rifle marks on the bullets, you know how they'll have, like, streaks from the gun, then it would be impossible to capture him. However, it just makes you more unique and findable. And now I can link all of these killings, like, half-assed attempt at killings. <laughs> so I'm telling you he was a straight imbecile because he does this with the bullets. He licks the stamps. He sends these cryptic letters with a dumb maritime code. Not, it's not dumb, but it's not dumb a code. Him. Do you know what I mean? Like He screams in the middle of the street. Thank you. So 
The question on everyone's mind is, how can this happy idiot not be the 1960s Zodiac? And the answer is quick, that a handwriting analysis says the writing doesn't match, his methods were way more dumb, and when they consulted with California authorities, there was, like, a complete rule out of any possible link. Like, how old, would he even be old enough? I feel like the Zodiac in the 60s and 70s was, like, they quoted him in his 30s, and he was a white guy, and the pictures that they have of him have, like, massive, like, 70s glasses. And how old's this guy? He was 16 at the time, like, 19 at the time the murder started. Like, so stupid. What? He, um, police find him June 18th, 1996, and he was involved in an hours, hours, hours long standoff with police. Wait, so he got released after a statement. They figured oh, out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Time. This is just how they caught him. Oh, okay. So it was after the shooting with the Tachi. Shooting. Yeah, yeah. He fires several rounds at police, but he ultimately decides he's going to give himself up. During his standoff, he surrenders 13 homemade guns by putting them in a bucket and lowering down, them down from the roof. And later at this apartment, um, and also strewn about the city, police find pipe bombs, devil worship books, crossbows, knives, bomb manuals, that sort of thing. Also, the whole time he was having a shootout, he was wearing possibly a saucepan on his head. Bitch. So. <laughs> Bitch. Uh-huh. He was obviously- What was his IQ? I think, like two? Literally, like a half. And he was in the middle of, like- bible thumping and whatever and now he's like 666 this devil worship books do you think that that's what he thought the zodiac would do or do you think he was like oh there's this evil side of me i have to unleash or did he do that because he's bible thumping so he's he's least to be suspected maybe he was obviously caught after the standoff taken into prison and arrested he is serving his 230 something i have two 232 or 236, it's not sure, um, years in prison, so he's going to be there for a while. And my most recent notes are that he has started a sexual relationship with Cynthia China Blast, who is a transgender woman in prison for a gang-related murder, and I love to see it. They're allowed to have visit. They can fuck? Well, I think because it's a transgender woman, he, she is in a men's prison because they haven't come around to. Uh. What? Are you so stupid? Like, I can't. And the first time that I talked to you about this crime, you were like, don't you have a copycat killing? And I was like, ah, there's too many to choose from. But he was too good to pass up. What are your thoughts? Are you so happy? I just like, (laughs) I'm going to start killing. I'm not getting no sex. Not getting no sex means you are, in fact, getting sex. I'm not getting no sex, but it's not good sex. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Maritimes. Uh, Thank you. What? What? And I love Why this. are you shooting people so low on their body? How tall is he? I don't know. And then it's very funny to be like, like, okay, you're shooting somebody in the torso because you're like, okay, vital organs, uh-huh. I'm with you. And I'm going to go through the back because I'm spineless. Uh-huh. And I just like don't want you to see my face as I'm killing you. But then you're like, boom, missed everything. Boom, missed everything. Boom, hit one thing. But the guy was likely to live if he wasn't 79 and already incapacitated, probably died of a nosocomial infection. And then... Stabs that bitch to death. Like, she's... And I thought that and was... And then he has a magic bullet that goes all around the fucking... What Thank is you. this? Well, but maybe... Carotid Exactly. Shit. But maybe his guns were so shit, like, that he made. I don't know. But I... But can... you still can aim higher. Thank you. How shitty is a gun if you're aiming at their head and it hits their asshole? I... It's so funny. Did they I shoot start... the bullets down? Or he didn't, like, clean them well enough, so it was like... <laughs> It's so funny. Or he's just, like, holding it at hip level. Thank you. Yeah. And then that woman that got stabbed, I feel like she rejected him. Mm. And he shot her, and then she didn't die, and he was like, oh, God, oh, God. And just started stabbing. Because that seems very personal to me. 
Yeah. I, the whole thing, I can't. Well, yeah, because probably if she was going to make out and then he thought he was finally going to have sex. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm a lady. Yeah. And then he shot her and then she didn't die and she started to like fight back. And that probably made him panic and he started I, stabbing her. I just feel, and I know this is not true because if I was ever actually shot, I know like real things happen. But if I got shot in my asshole... <laughs> I would, and Too then I, from people. and then I'm like Three, able actually. to speak and like fight back. I would just be like, the hell? You were really dumb. What? You shot, like literally, like you shot me in the ass. The, the asshole? That's, you shot me in the butt cheek? Thanks. God, I hope it swells. I'll have a nice ass. You know, like, I feel bad for the people who do have a bullet like lodged in or around mm. their spine because like he was so shit. You really, like, in other cases, you'd be dead. But this is almost worse. Like, you know what I mean? Now yeah. you gotta deal with this, knowing that everybody else who got, like, a bullet straight through the neck are fine. Oh my god. <laughs> Why even bother? You're so I dumb. I he's so bad at it. Like, uh-oh, that was a bad idea. But that one was, like, clearly, oh, the uh, uh, peppers. Mm. That one was clearly influenced by the Zodiac, but, like... But, like, not in any way that you were, like, trying to live up to his standards yeah. or his lore. You're just like, this is a guy. Or you're like, oh, okay, he got away with it, so I'll be fine. No, I'll get away with it, no problem. Be better at murder. Try harder. I can't deal. And he didn't have anything to do with the Zodiac. No. Like, I, okay. Nobody cares about horoscopes. Can we go back? Like, The just... Zodiac was literally not waking up, checking the horoscopes, and being like, ah, yes, this horoscope says cancer today. Thank you. And I just don't, like, in what point are you, like, this isn't the Zodiac. I don't know what you want from me, but that's not, there's no pattern here. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if you were trying, you at no point, if you're using the murdered person's birthday or the attempted murder date, you don't even do one of every Zodiac. Mm-hmm. You doubled up on Taurus. You tripled up on Gemini. The fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what was his birthday? Oh, I don't know. Let's find out. His horoscope is that one where you, you put the new Zodiac in and it shifts everybody. Oliphant <laughs> or whatever. So I did it both ways, thinking like, okay, maybe the older one. Mm. And no, nope. July thirty first, nineteen sixty seven. So what does that make him? An idiot. He doesn't oh. look like Evil Ale Roker. Not even a little bit, right? <laughs> but he looks like a child. Yeah, well, he was young, and they thought he was a real fucking zodiac. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like know. you were alive in the sixties, you migrate. It makes him from a fucking <clears throat> San Francisco. I know. All the way over New York City, and you get <laughs> facial reconstructive surgery, so you look younger. I'm like, And then you shoot your sister in the ass. Don't uh, shit where you sleep! I know. Even Eat. so, to be like... Either well, or. Both? Don't shit anywhere? You got Johnny Depp on the On the floor? But, like, don't go into the street screaming, I'm gonna start killing, I'm gonna start killing. And then literally, anybody just looked out there and was like... Pfft. Like, nobody was, like, guy, aware pl- or scared. Evil Roker, please. He's not going to hurt anyone. Oh, my God. I know. I just had to share that with you. I thought that was hilarious. And I spent a lot of time researching that one because it was so weird. And that's it. That's all I got for you. That's the kind of crime people should be reporting <laughs> on. This idiot. Yeah. I'm sad there's a show on Peacock, maybe? And it's World's Dumbest Crimes or something. Ooh. And it's Snoop Dogg. And, like, whoever his guests are, and they're looking at, like, uh, no. They're looking at, like, videos of, like, dumb shit happening. 
I wanted it to be so much funnier. Oh, R.I.P. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's just like there's like an MC who's like, again, how we don't like, even though my whole episode right before this I literally just read. But she's very just like reading something that's supposed to be like clever and funny, but just Yeah, you gotta deliver the joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they say fuck, though, and I okay. they don't bleep it out, so. Something. Drums. Yeah, just drum it out. This I got nothing else. <laughs> It's been a long day.